0: You're listening to another episode of Build Up One Another, the podcast where we unpack valuable and practical insights into how our key relationships with one another can greatly impact where we go and who we become. I'm your host, Karen Temple. Our guest today is an amazing woman who is on a mission to shift our relationship with mental illness, to see it not as a source of weakness and shame, but rather an experience that can make us strong and confident. A once self-described princess, all that changed the day she was kidnapped at gunpoint in broad daylight. Not knowing if she would ever see her three-year-old daughter again, she dug deep into her faith, focusing on a sliver of light. Finally released, but despite ongoing years of psychological trauma, Gloria chooses life. This courageous woman is Gloria Goldberg, a now successful, vibrant woman living in the U.S. who has recently launched a new podcast called Unbreakable Life with Glory. Gloria, welcome to the podcast. I am so honored
1: to have you on the show. Oh, Karen, thank you so much for the beautiful words about describing myself. (laughs) I like the way you said a princess because you are the second person that called me like that. And because about my story, but I'm really honored for you to invite me to your show so I can share my story and my experience with people so they can feel better.
0: Absolutely. And, um, and I think there's a princess in every young woman or older woman's heart. And, uh, And so maybe Gloria, we can start just by, um, I mean, what you described as such a traumatic event. Would you just take us back to that experience and share what you'd like to share with us about it and how it's shaped
1: your outlook on life? Yeah, of course. I was 25 years old when that happened, so I was very young. And also, I was coming from, uh, I raised in a very violent uh, home. My father was very violent, very cruel. He never respect women. He always think that women are nothing. But I always knew growing up that those words are, was not going to hurt me. Of course, they hurt me because I didn't understand. But something inside of me was telling me uh, that's not true that's not true. You're better than that. You're better than that. And I always said, I will never have a person like that in my life. So they kidnapped me when I was 25 years old in October 22nd, 1997. And it was very terrible that day. I was coming from class. I was in my second year of business administration. And like you said to everybody, bye-bye. I see you tomorrow. And sometimes you say, I see you tomorrow, probably you're never going to see that person again. And I didn't know what that was, could be my case. Because you never know what's going to happen in one hour, in one second, next year, next day, you don't know. So I went in my car and coming out from my college, I, I got interrupted for two cars and seven men highly armed. And I feel one of the guys came into me and grabbed me from my left side and put me a gun in my face. So he took me there, he put me in the trunk of a car. It was I was panicked. I was having all these kind of sensations. I was kinda of numb. Mm. Very numb. My my brain didn't function in anything like that. So one of my friends that saw everything, she 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 said, she said to me after I, they relieved me and she said, Wow, your your face was white. You was like a paper, like a piece of paper. Like you was like a in straw All the blood just. Left. No, they put the gun in my in my in my head just to make me to get out of the car. Right. So they they don't they don't they don't they don't they don't you know they don't use the gun to do harm me, but they put my gun in my head like a uh, get out of the car, oh. and he, they said a lot of bad words to me yeah. like. Uh, Completely white with fear. Yeah, white with fear, like overwhelming. Like uh, I, I didn't function. I, didn't, I was not functioning at all. It was like uh, my mind was spinning and my, my brain was like off, like a boom, 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 off. So they put me in there and I was in captivity for three months. I didn't see the day and the night. And the only uh, thing that I saw was the light in the bottom of the door. So every time, so every time I see a door close, I always look into the bottom of that door because for me, the bottom of that door, it was the biggest light. And mm-hmm. if you see the bottom of the door, is very small. But when you are in a big situation, the tiny, tiny light, it could be the biggest, biggest light in your life. So, I learned in that kidnap a lot of stuff, even if it was a very bad experience. Mm-hmm. I learned to amplify my sense. I listened very well. Like, I listen, like I'm, I think I have bionic ears because sometimes I listen to stuff that nobody listens. I smell things that a lot of people don't smell. I can see things that people don't see. And it's because I was, even in a dramatic situation, I was learning a lot. And I also learned to be by myself and I also learned to be next to God mm-hmm. because at the beginning when they kidnapped me, my question was, why me? Why me? Why me? And complaining, why are you doing this to me? Oh my God, you don't love me. I have a daughter. Uh, I've been a good woman, a good daughter. I've been in through a lot of stuff since, years, since six years old. Why am I here? But of course you don't know the message of what, why things happens to you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I start like a calm, calm down after 11 days being kidnapped. The first 11 days, it was like a real, like a very nervous, like a you nerve know, wracking and anxious and crying, deep depressed and always thinking about my daughter. Yeah. That's the only thing that keep me alive. My daughter, my daughter, because I don't want my daughter to be raised by my father because my father was wow I, I think today I know I think today no I say today he's my master of my personality in my resilience because he teach me to be strong even he was very cruel to me yeah it's just um, hearing your story um,
0: and how you described all, all these experiences that at the time were painful. Right. Right. Gary. And, and then to be able to, even at that time, as you mentioned, you were finding yourself drawn to the light. You were, um, you found strength in in the story of your daughter. You um, were talked about how it amplified all your senses. And, and so, you know, you've got so much there, and I, and I kind of want to go down some of those topics, but I also just want to give you that space to continue with, with your story.
1: Yeah. So I learned a lot in there. And one of the things I learned a lot is to be grateful with the smallest and simple things, like uh, things that we don't care, like uh, things that we just have it for granted. For example, for me, to have toilet paper mm-hmm. being kidnapped. I didn't have toilet paper for 11 days. So that just there and make you feel like, wow, I'm treated like nothing, like like whatever. And I knew, I remember smelling myself and hating myself like, a, oh my God. But and then something was telling me, you are alive. You are alive. Keep going, keep going. And I know they take me out to take a shower every three, two, three hours, whatever they wanted. So for me, every three hours I feel clean. So the three hour, three, uh, three days, the three days before I was dirty. I feel mm-hmm. dirty because when you go to the bathroom and do pee and poo, if you don't clean yourself, you're gonna start smelling. Regardless who else, who who person it is. From whatever race or religion or or skin color, you're going to smell. So I learned that the toilet paper for me was essential, number one. And I asked them all the time, when i going to have my toilet paper, when I'm going to have my toilet paper. And the guys was very cruel to me and say, no, you're not going to have toilet paper. You you already have toilet paper for the all your life. You're like a living like a little princess, and they like a laugh about it. They like a they they enjoy to see me the way I was. There was like a I would say jealous of, of my situation, mm-hmm. and and like a happy to make me suffer that way. Mm-hmm. So that was one. The other one was to take a shower. I love to take a showers, and I and. Before, I take two times, two times a day shower. So when I've been in this kidnap, I took showers every two, three days. So when I get out, I, I always take two, shower, two showers every day and I take my time to take a shower because for me, it was very es- essential. And something that I learned that also, again, people, we are so picky with stuff and we always like, oh... The shampoo, the soap have to be this way, have to cost this way, have to be organic, have to be mm-hmm. whatever. You know, we get into this kind of stupid things. And when they took me for the first time after three days I was kidnapped, they took me to, to have my first bath, my first shower. I saw a soap and in the soap have a pubic hair. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> see? see. <So, yeah. laughs> That's what. I, that is exactly their reaction, what people does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's
0: different, right? Cause like when you're in, when the stakes are high, when it's life and death, right? All these things that we call first world problems disappear. You overlook that. And, and you, and you realize I've, my parents have always told me that in life you can count what's important on one hand and you have fingers to spare. Um, but in our very comfortable world we we lose sight of this so quickly so quickly so when you when you were first there one of the things that um caught my mind is when you realize that you're alone right and really? and you've been torn from your your life from your family from your from your baby girl and and you have no idea what's going to happen you feel very very alone but then you saw that sliver of light that little bit of light at the bottom of the door and then from can you walk me through how you how you discovered that you weren't alone that that light was meaningful and then how that brought you closer to to god and realizing that
1: okay It, it, it it was like uh it was the hope because my, I was remember what my grandmother said to me all the time. My grandmother said to me since very young, she said, uh, always when you go to be, be grateful. And if you wake up the next day, if you open your eyes, you're, you, you are alive. And every day they pass and I open the, the eyes. I would say in the morning because I see the light. And I was like, oh, thank you. I'm here alive. So yeah. in every moment, every minute I see that I was coming in, I was like uh, crunching, like, uh, oh my God, now what's going to happen? What are they going to do to me? And they when they left, it was like, again, I was breathing like, like oh my God, it didn't do that nothing to me. So I built the hope and I built the, okay, I said, okay, God, if I have to be here, I'm here, but please bring, get me out of life and I trust you. And that was my always conversation that I have with him. And I said, "I trust you. I trust mm-hmm. you. I'm gonna get a life from here." So when I see that light, it was for me a reflection at the same time that okay, that little light over there is is the light that's shining inside of me. So I have to start looking in myself, and and that's what I did. Start like a, talking to myself a lot, but not in a crazy way that people would think it was like a more a conversation with God. Yeah, and I and I did have like a ninety days having a conversation with him. In the beginning, the conversation with God was very, judge, 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 judgmental. Why mm-hmm. me? But later on, he like I feel like he cut me down, and I said, Well, it's what it is. Whatever I have to go, I have to go, and that was giving me like in peace. But also the hope to see my daughter again. That was mm-hmm. my my main force and my main gas or fuel that you said to keep keep going Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and and it's interesting because when you describe when you're first there it was all why me why me why me yeah but i just what you said there really struck me because you said you saw the light at the bottom of the door and then you realized the light in you and then you started to think about that relationship with yourself and your heart your soul and with God being in everybody, I'm also a spiritual person, I believe in God, that you then realize that you weren't alone, right And the words yeah. of, the words of your grandmother were, were in your heart, right And one of the things that I, I also heard is that you took what was all of a sudden a very dark and infinite and unknown um, experience that could last. Like you you didn't know how long you'd be there, but it became apparent at some point, this isn't a 24 hour ordeal. This is indefinite. And yeah, that's so hard because when we know that we're in pain for a limited period, we can say, Okay, it's gonna be over. But when you don't know, it becomes it, it must have been so heavy,
1: so heavy. Um, yeah because your life there is not in your hands the life my life was in their hands and in the beginning of the keynote they told me because i asked this question how long how long i'm gonna be here and they told me we don't know it depends what your family is gonna do and he said it could it could it could take three years it could take three months four months five months eight months to a year and he said if in, the, in a year we no, he said and if in three months we don't hear anything about your family that they're not gonna pay nothing for you we're gonna sell you to mm-hmm. the people in the mountains that means gorillas
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I said oh my god and in my mind was not thinking no I'm going tomorrow because the difference like I, I always said if you go to jail, you go to jail because probably you did something wrong and that's why you're to be in there. And then you probably hire a lawyer to try to get you out of there and you have a hope that you're going to get out and you see more people and you have the opportunity to talk to other people. I was going in something that I didn't know where, I, where, where I'm going to end.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was like uh, the unknown of my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and when you are in life when you don't know stuff you're scared because you don't know what is going to come what will come next and I was wait in the moment that I was it was it was way too bad that whatever happens it was going to be more bad because yes. the next thing that could happen is kill me so
0: once you so what I heard you do is you started to break this infinite unknown into smaller episodes of time and combining it with being grateful. So they would come in, obviously the fear, the adrenaline would go out of the roof, and then they'd leave, so you're alive again. And just every moment finding what to be grateful for to keep your strength. Um, I know in my own trials and tribulations, it's never linear, right? There's periods where, okay, I got through that, and I'm okay. And I think, okay, I can keep getting better and better, but then all of a sudden phew, something comes in and I doubt everything. Or I, I don't believe, I, I'll all of a sudden lose my faith that things are going to be okay. Did that happen to you? And, and how, did you, how did you reconnect with that light inside you and those, and those things that you learned that were keeping you strong?
1: Well, I, I, I didn't have no choice. Because what other choice I had, I cannot, I cannot open that door and, and go. I just have to be there. And also every time they come inside, I was praying. I was praying. And I got used to, to bless. And I didn't know. Like I didn't practice anything or blessings and anything like that. And I always was blessing. And I was always telling God, uh, I bless these guys. And people will say, oh, my God, how you can bless people that are hurting you. But I also, because I was raised in Catholic and I studied with nuns and I studied some parts of the Bible, not all the time, because I'm not a religious, but I believe in God. There was parts of the Bible that say you have to bless your enemies. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember that. And, and I remember they was coming and I was not mad at them. I was, I'm going to tell you this, I was kind of blessed that they don't, they don't treat me that bad. Blessed that don't treat me that bad. Imagine what I'm saying. Yeah. They already treat me so bad. But just for me to be alive and to not come and punch me or or physical abuse me, for me it was like a, wow, I'm I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I'm just here waiting. But I'm lucky because they're not coming in and punch me. They try they said all the time they was gonna punch me, they're gonna kill me all that kind of stuff and the bad words and everything but at the same time they they settled they settled with me because they knew they saw that i i i think that they saw on me that wow why we get this woman and it was because my praying because mm-hmm. i was blessing them and when you bless somebody that person i don't know something happened but they, they did happen yeah. a lot of stuff in there
0: yeah. And, and it's, it's just in whatever situation, funny, funny that, that we can be grateful for, um, this is, this is so incredible. You mentioned before that you didn't have a choice, right? And so you, you had to just go real deep into all the things that would keep you strong, that would keep you sane. Um, after this ordeal and you and you went back to life, I don't know how you go back to life after such an event, but when we do have choice, how does that change how we're able to go deep?
1: Oh, that's a very hard question, I would say. Um, I I would say that I'm being very resilient, woman. And I, my father treated me very bad, and I saw my father punching my mom many, many, many mm. times. So I, I learned to not want it to be like that. That you have options. That you have do you have choices in life. So when when I was there kidnapped, I didn't have the choice. I just have to be there. But now when I get out. It was very hard for me, more than that I was kidnapped. Can and why? Huh? Can you repeat that? Yeah. It was hard for me, harder for me when, I, when, I, when they released me that when I was in, in the kidnapped situation, believe it or not.
0: I, I can believe it, but it's one of those where people, I can also understand when people say they don't believe it, right? So yeah. tell me, tell me how it was
1: harder for you, what happened? Okay, um, when, okay, when you are, when you are there, when, and also I want to mention something that also helped me a lot, and this is very, very important maybe for, for women and men to, to know, especially when they suffer from depression and anxiety and going to depression very heavy. I thank God that I didn't have a mirror in that room because if I did have a mirror with me, I would be like a narcissist. And, but in a narcissist 's way to, to 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 punish myself mm. in a way that when you stand up in the mirror i, would, I was you know i, I don 't I don't know how I was because i didn 't have a mirror, but if I have a mirror and waking up every day to see myself how how terrible I feel, how terrible i look how how, how distraught I was, I probably would kill myself. Oof. Because when you see yourself in the mirror, when you wake up in the morning and you feel, oh, I feel like shit. And you go in the mirror and you see yourself, you see you see yourself like shit for real. But Gloria,
0: when you were there, right? Yeah. You didn't have the mirror. But you found the beauty inside you to find the strength, right? Like what you said there was so powerful. That when we look at our superficial selves, we're, we're looking, oh, how do we look? Do we look pretty? Do we look this? Do we look that? But what you described when you were in, when you were kidnapped, when you were being held captive, was the light, the beauty of who you are as, as a mother, as a, as a woman, as as somebody who's going to say, no, I want toilet paper, right? No, I'm yeah. somebody who's going to get out. No, I'm going to bless you. And, and and find strength inside you i mean what incredible beauty within and you're right as we as as people as women as men we look into the face and who are you right so when you got out all of a sudden now you were you were no you were in a different
1: environment when I get out, I have pictures that i'm gonna post later on uh, because my story i 'm uh, you know i'm telling my story in my podcast as it is because today of twenty five october twenty five mm-hmm. at this moment I was kidnapped in this moment twenty two years ago I was kidnapped in the dark <sighs> so we are we are in the we are talking about a story that really happened in this moment in twenty two years ago. years ago so when i get so when i when i when I was, when the guy told me, you leave it, we are going to release you today. That was my happiest, happy day in my entire life. Mm. Because I succeed from something that I was in there. And, and, and the guy said to me, oh my God, I never see such a woman so powerful. The kidnapper said to me, I never see such a woman so powerful because you look beautiful. And I said to myself, well, because I'm so happy. My, my happiness is like everywhere, my hair, my eyes, everything. Yeah. So when, when, when the guy put me in the car, again, to just release me, I, when he released me that day, he released me like uh, 10 o'clock p.m. at night. Mm. And when they released me, I didn't know where I was. It was. I was lost. Like you I were didn't, in the middle of nowhere, or in a, in a city, or in a city in the city in a city very close where I live. But mm-hmm. when you are so t- so many t- times in ninety days in captivity, you lose time. You let you lose sense. You lose everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you get out, you get disoriented. You don't know where are you. And I didn't know. I don't even know how to dial a phone. There's the, the so like a happy, nervous, anxious. Like uh, I didn't know. And the guy said to me, I'm going to give you some coins and I'm going to give you some money. Cash means bill. So if, if in 10 minutes they come, they don't come and pick you up. You have to get a taxi and get out of this area because they probably, there's another people looking for this release and they probably, they want to kidnap you again.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So he said that to me, getting out from that car. My heart was like a, in in a mode, okay, I'm out. but I need to get out. And when I I was in front of a a payphone, a payphone, pay and I didn't know how to dial. Karen, I yeah. I don't I didn't know. And I was like, and I didn't even remember my 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 my, my, my number of my house. Mm-hmm. And then I said, no 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 no. I have to go in a taxi. And I went into the taxi. And the guy mm-hmm. told me before he released me, he said don't tell if you go in a taxi, don't tell the taxi driver that you just got released from a kidnapped. And I said, he's in, in, and I said why? Because he would, not, he would not take you to your home. So it was a lot of information. I went inside that, 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 that taxi and the guy said to me, oh, where, hello, how are you? Because the guy don't know anything. I said, hi. And he said, where do you want me to take you? And then I was home. And then he said, home, where's your home? And then I, got, I was quiet. And then he said, are you OK? And then I was like, a, yeah, 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 I'm OK. Where I am, where I am? And then he said, you are in this place. And then he said, I, and I said, oh, OK, I live in this place. So the guy drive. So in the moment, in the moment, they did release me they told my father that i was free so by the when when i arrived to my house it was i'm not kidding i was like maybe a hundred a hundred men from the military waiting for waiting for me and when i get out of the car the taxi driver was like what the heck going on here because they pulled the guy the driver they they ask him questions. They they put the that, that car in pieces to check everywhere because they want to know why that taxi was there right? And, wh- and why they bring me. And so I said, no, 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 no. The guy don't have nothing to do with this. I just pick him up and let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Right. So oh, I man. went out. Somebody taken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he got like a surprise, yeah. <laughs> like, like a surprise. So- I I get up and it was like a seventy people waiting for me, happy and everybody. And people thought that I was coming like a like that with a face depressed, like a, my eyes like a very bad, like a, with bad, like with a low energy. No, I came like a, like I, I look like an angel, and I see <laughs> I a, I, an angel. <laughs> and I and I and I saw and I see the picture today about my face just hours of coming out i my face was beautiful my skin was beautiful my hair was beautiful i was like a, like that so gloria family, that beauty
0: that that was inside you that was fighting for your life just came all yeah. the way to the surface to your eyes to your skin to your smile it was just coming out everything that was that's all there
1: right mm-hmm. Yeah, and the and the first and the second thing that I wanted is where's my daughter? And I saw my daughter. I I just, just want to cry. <laughs> and I saw my daughter, three years old. Mommy, 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 mommy. And we just like uh, got together, and I just don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. And people want to hug me, and I just was with my daughter, and I don't want anybody to, you know, to be with me. I just, just want her to be with her because she, she did not understand that. She was three years old. She's three years old. What do, like, yeah, she's, she's missing you.
0: She's confused. And now she's got her mama back.
1: Yeah.
0: Ugh.
1: So my tears was uh, tears of happiness and joy. And my father, I thought my father was gonna learn with this uh, experience and he didn't, he didn't, Karen. He looked at me in front of everybody and he said, wow, you look like uh, you out auto kidnapped. You look very, you, you look so good that you look like you auto kidnapped yourself. But he didn't say, in a, in, he, did, he say in a way like, a, what? Oh, Like, a, why is this guy saying to me? I can't believe my father is saying that. And that, that day, I don't want to talk to anybody. And I went in, inside and to my room and I closed the door. Like uh, I, I, you know, I get out from the kidnapped and I want to go up and, and get inside a, at the room with my daughter and I closed the door and I don't, I don't want to talk to anybody right. because of what he said to me.
0: Yeah, there's, there's an expression, you may have heard it, um, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Right. Think the words that people can say um, to one another can just be so painful, especially when they come back from um, parents, right? People who are supposed to be um, loving and caring to us and when they say something, it can leave scars in our hearts and our brains forever.
1: He did, he did. And, uh, and I remember that, that day I, I, I got in a fight with, even with my mother. And, and I said to my mom, Why? Why things does not change here? Why always is the same thing? You guys don't care. You guys only care about the money. You guys pay for me. You guys don't care. And even they don't take me to the doctor the very next day to see how I was physical. They never took me to a psychologist to see how I was. They never, they never care. Even uh, eight days after I said to my father, I want to go to my place because I did have my own apartment. Mm -hmm. And my father say to me, huh, what do you think I pay your rescue? But a sarcastic answer. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you think I pay, pay, pay with your rescue, with your, with your money? And I said to myself, I said to my father, oh, really? So you're telling me I pay my, my rescue with my money? With, with the things that you gave me and and he said yes so you don't have nothing i said okay father it's fine
0: Ooh.
1: it's fine and then nine months to a year I, de- I decided to say i'm leaving this country and i'm leaving to the u.s and again nine months later like a 10 months later and then he whom me late me the day before i came to this country he said to me you you you're gonna, you're gonna go to the US. You don't know to do nothing. You don't know even to wash your own underwear. And and he said, You're pretending to me to give you some money for you to go and spend it and then come back and in your knees and ask me for forgiveness and sorry, Father, help me again. I'm not gonna do that. And I said to my father, and excuse my language, I don't give a fuck what you're saying. you know what i'm leaving tomorrow regardless and i came how and i came here with 500 dollars and look look you survived a horribly traumatic event
0: you can survive anything yes right yes so you came to the states with with that
1: strength that that core of of light inside you yeah, that nothing was going to stop me. In fact, when I, eh, nobody take me to the airport, only one of my father's uh, eh, bodyguards. And the guy was crying in the airport with me. And he said, don't worry, you're going to be fine. You're strong.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
1: strong. Go, mm-hmm. go and conquer the U.S. And don't, <laughs> and don't come back here, like no. he said. He said, don't back. come here, like he said. Come, yeah. we come here. When you're ready, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And, and that's what I did. The second day being in this country, I was already working.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's um, it is a special place that way. Yeah. When you um, when you were talking about your time when you were kidnapped, and you talked about how your senses came alive your your what you could see, what you could smell, what you could feel. Um, tell me how you use that now that you were in the States to, cause all of a sudden you're in a place, you don't know anybody. Um, you find a job. Um, it's, it's a different culture. It's a different country. How did you use that to know what to do and who to trust and how to start building your life? Cause a lot of people for myself, for example, I'm very, um, I tend to think logically right and I know other people where they have this intuitive sense that guides them so I'm curious if you can just unpack maybe how were you always intuitive how did it transform you on the intuitive sense when you were um, when you were kidnapped and then how you maybe used it or maybe you didn't use it or maybe they all sort of dissipated over time I don't know
1: tell us I, I I've been very intuitive since very young and I did have something very very special when my daughter when she born but going back to your question with the sense um yeah I use them because number one when they I asked for the toilet paper and they told me for the lemon days no so I, I was not afraid for, to ask for a job and to say no so I'm not afraid of the no yeah. So when I went to find a job, uh, there's the second day I was arriving here. I went. I live in Queens, Liberty in Queens, and I ask every single store, "Do you need help? No. Do you need help? No. Do you need help? No." Need help? no. And the last store that you and anybody, or me, anybody can say no. In that store, is not. They're gonna, they're gonna tell me no because I already asked all those people, and you know what? It's not. It's not gonna happen. Guess what? That last door that I knocked, it was the one who gave me my 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 job. So so that was one. The other one about like uh, seeing people. I I I start learning to read people inside the kina because I didn't see the guy's face. I only see eyes and voices. Yeah, it was covered. It was covered up to the hand, up to the fingers cover all completely and only have the eyes. So when you when you are in, in survival mode, in my case, I was looking at them, not the face, the eyes and the and the way they move their hands, the way they talk, the tone, the tone of the voices. I discovered who was the leader. I, I discovered who was the leader of them. And they surprised and they it was surprised. Because the guy said, well, how do you know I'm the leader here? Because I said, because. I didn't tell him that I was studying them. It's because the survival mode it was kicking in. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I understand why I was there. So I started reading. I know how to read people. So when I started, like, a, when I moved to New York, to Orlando, that I started in a, in a huge prod, a produce company, blueberry company, I I got hired with 60-60 people. And in the second day, and the first day I was doing 525. Second day I was doing 725. But why? Because my sense again, I was watching everybody, even the manager. And I was looking for what was the fault, what was missing for me to be able and jump and say, I I I know you need this. And I found it. I told the manager, I said, I see that you have problems communicating with people. And then he looked at me, he said, do you know English? I said, yes. Do you know my numbers? I said, yes. Oh my God, you're going to be in my assistant manager. So the very next day I was doing 525 and the very next day I was doing 725. So right there and there, my, my, my sense come back because I was reading the people, I was reading how people talk, people, how people act, how the energies of the people are, because people have bad and good energies. And I know when they hire me to be assistant manager, I feel like three or four people that they hate me. Like, they hate me. They don't like it. And I feel that. Mm, yeah, you can sense so, that vibration. Oh, big time. Yeah. And and I knew it. And I and again I blessed them, blessed them, blessed, I love them, blessed it. them. And, and the, you should and, you should carry holy water with you and just bless people. Bless people. <laughs> <laughs> And the ear and my powerful ear because I why why have my ears so powerful? Because for me to to hear what they was talking, because I hear conversations of them. I put in. I was putting my ear closer, like a to the to the door, yes. like that, and I was closing my 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 nose, so I stopped breathing. So one of my senses off, and my ears was amplifying. So I was having like a thirty seconds like this to listen, and then my ear got into more. Like my, my daughter say, my, my mom had bionic ears. I said, no, I don't have bionic ears. <laughs> bionic ears, eyes at the back of the head, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: your, your daughter can't get away with anything. <laughs> you can see it coming a mile away. Hey,
1: wait a second. <laughs> yeah, so I've been using all those, uh, those uh, I would say, teach teach. I will be using all the things that I learned inside the kidnap. But I didn't realize that after many, many years because then I started suffering from depression. Then I, I got very anxious. I, I, I work like crazy 60 hours a, a week. and that, that make me keep busy and not thinking too much about, about stuff that happens. And my father words, Oh, you're nothing. You're going to come back. You're going to be in your knees. And it was like, that was like, no, no, I'm going to show him that I'm not, I'm not the piece of crap that he think I am. So again, you went into that survival mode and that source
0: of strength to, to be in the States, to start working, building your career, providing for your daughter and just go, go, go. Right. And go, go, go. You know, you just push all that stuff that's going to throw you off of that mission push it down for a while but then did it sort of
1: come up and rear its ugly head yes when you are when you go to traumatic events like that and in my case i i i had i have to work work, work. so that keep me keep me like uh busy but also i start having very bad temper and my bad temper what is and is a little bit better now but i like uh I get triggered when a man talks to me in a wrong way mm-hmm. or I get triggered when somebody wants to get like a, a, abuse me in some way. Mm-hmm. So I get triggered. I get like a, what? you don't do this to me, you know, like a crazy. And also, um, I lose a baby because I got pregnant in this country. I live with somebody for seven years and I got pregnant and I have to stop my pregnancy at five months. So, again, another trauma. Mm-hmm. And that trauma, it put me down for three months, like uh, very depressed. Okay. That I don't want to sleep. I don't want to eat. I don't want to do anything, anything. And that partner told me, that partner told me, how long are you going to be like this? And in that moment, I hate him so much that he said to me that. But thank God he did say that to me because it was, again, like, a, get up, get uh, up, yeah. get up. It's, um,
0: yeah, so that trauma of, of, of um, the second pregnancy and, and losing, losing your baby seemed like it may have opened up, and then you
1: went into uh, a depression. Very bad, wow. yes. We're, it, it, I would say it's kind of weird that the depression, and my depressions are so different. In, in the kidnap, you have survival mode. You want to be alive, so you keep your motor all the time in, and you, you don't lose in your hope. But when, yeah. you, when you lose a baby or when you lose somebody, you already lose it. And you That's know right. it, that it's gone. Yeah. And, and it's not going to come back. I, when I was kidnapped, I had my hope. You had and your I hope. Lose my, Yeah. When you I don't
0: have- of uh, chemical reactions too, right? When you have hope yeah. and your adrenaline is up because you, 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 you're determined to survive for your, for your baby girl and then versus a loss, right? Yeah and did you find yourself also grieving at all for that 24 year old self that went through the kidnapping on that during those 3 months where you were significantly
1: depressed where you were you're- yeah i was saying i was saying wow what, how is my life like uh, I, you know my father he he was like that then my daughter when she born she almost died 3 times Ooh. then they kidnapped then uh, I have this relation with this guy that's not good. Then I had this, uh, this pregnancy that I have to stop because my baby was coming with water in the brain and it was coming like she was kind of born like a, a vegetable. So I have to make the decision to turn to, to stop the pregnancy. And, and Karen, I feel that, you know, I don't know how people don't believe in this, but the day I have to go to the hospital to terminate my pregnancy, I saw... The moment that they put the 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 needle inside of your stomach and go to the heart of the baby and put potassium potassium to stop that baby, I had a light. And when they 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 when my baby died, I feel that the light was off, and I feel so bad. It was like uh, what it happens here, and that was more my my depression. More about that 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 the whole thing. And then, it, so I was, why me? I don't wanna leave. I already passed for many things. I already passed for the kidnap, and, my, and God is still not showing me what I need to do in this world. Hmm. It was complaining a lot. How did, you, how did you find yourself emerging out of the depression? When this guy told me, um, How long, like this? How long are you gonna be like this? Uh, you don't think you're wasting your time? And I feel like, uh, why this guy is telling me this? You don't care that he re- he also loses a baby. And he was not really nice either when I was pregnancy. And something inside of me told me, you know what? Get out get out of that freaking sofa and start moving. And I start, I remember caring, looking for my contacts. Boom, 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 boom. And I start calling people, bum, bum, bum. in the produce industry. And I opened my own company for the first time.
0: Okay. So again, you set the boundaries, said to all those toxic people and push them outside, get yes. out of your life and create a new, a new opening, a new door for you to go through. You know, it's interesting, you mentioned um, anger, getting angry, right? Yeah. And it made me think of, um, so I think it was in 2018 when Serena Williams won the US Open and she got really angry at the empire on a call, on a series of calls, and let it out. And as women, it's as though we're not allowed to be, or we're not supposed to be angry. You know, anger, um, I think a lot of our emotions and um, the way we respond to things, it's, um, it has two sides, right? But as women, we're not allowed to be angry a lot of the times. So if a woman is angry, it's, it's, you know, still to this day. And so when I look at what Serena Williams did with that, I was, I was, really thrilled that, hey, we have the right as women to be angry. We have the right as women to say to a man, you are not going to talk to me like that. And I have the right to be angry when I say that. Because you dismissed me as a woman or whatever the injustice was. If there's injustice, you have the right to be angry. We should be angry.
1: Yes, of course. And there's two differences between anger and angry. Anger is you have it inside and you hate somebody and you have resilience inside. Angry is because somebody come inside, coming and trying to push my limits and trying to, to put me down. Like, as a woman, I, right there, I'm a freaking lioness. Like, uh, you don't say that freaking thing to me. <laughs> it's like I, like, uh, I want to eat you completely.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you would too, right? You know? But but good on you, because a lot of women do put, don't put those boundaries and they completely get pushed down, get pushed down, get pushed down and uh that's, no, that's- I, I
1: i wait I wait at this the completely December uh, to tell this guy chow like bye, I don't want anything with you, just like that, out of the blue and 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 I've been married a couple of times, and every time I feel like the guy is doing things that i I'm not gonna be happy or we work a lot, you know, we, women, we are more, we like, we hold, we are patient. We like, Oh, we try, we try. The guys don't try for nothing. They just do. They they just do. And and, and it's have to be okay. In my case, no, no. If you're not going to be giving me what I want, because life is too short and everything I went through, and I'm going to be miserable with you, Bye bye. I don't need you. I have two hands, two, two, two legs, and a, a big brain to, to keep going. Mm-hmm. So that guy, that guy flew up in January 1st. January 1st, I sat down and said, Listen, you know what? I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm leaving this house in three days. You mm-hmm. can stay with all this, like this. You can stay with all the things that you want. I don't need anything. I'm just starting again. And that's what mm-hmm. it, that, that, that I did. I grabbed my daughter and boom, get out of there.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that really triggered you out of the depression.
1: Yes. Right away. Like a right away, like a BC. Okay. I'm a businesswoman. Let's do it. I opened my company. The name was green, green connection. And I start calling all the people I know. Hey, I'm doing quality control again, but in like a private. Oh, really? Let me call somebody. Boom, boom, boom. And I start making a lot of money. I, I make one day $7,000 in one night doing a regrading from onions and still today that I look back and I said how I did that how I found 20 people in the middle of the night to clean those containers and tell the guy your containers are ready at nine o'clock and at nine o'clock a.m. I was you know paying everybody cash boom 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 and the guy was writing me a check for seven thousand dollars and I still don't know how I did that <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's a great story so tell me something like you made a decision right and then, yes. like you said, you, you went through your, your phone book or, you know, all your contacts and just started calling people. Um, you know, in order to do that, I'm sure that you built relationships with all those people for so many years, right? So tell me a little bit about the backstory of your relationship with all those people that when you called them up
1: and they were like, I'm here for you, Gloria. Well, uh, when I started working in the produce industry, I started, I, I started working like a quality control inspector. And again, my eyes are powerful because they kidnapped. So I got popular and famous because I save a lot of people money. And how? They call me and say, Patty, we have three containers of of pineapples or three containers of papayas. And they got rejected from Sam's on Walmart. What we need to do? I said, what exactly the specifications are required? Oh, they need to 25%, you know, kind of kind of a conversation, like a technical conversation. I said, okay, let me go see what is going on. So I went there. I, picked, I, I organized the order and everything. And I called the guy, okay, your order is ready. Send it, send it over to Walmart. And they go in because once they reject you three times and Walmart sums mm. and all this, they don't want to do any more business You're with you. You're no longer you. a vendor. So I get so popular. Like I save, I save a guy the account with Walmart wow the guy was yeah the guy was bringing papayas from brazil and the white guy was it was the second rejection that they they had walmart they they do to him and he knew by people talking because i was the only woman in the men industry so i was going in the coolers only women was me so i have to be like a kind of little bit of man like a thick uh skin to be Mm -hmm. able to be with them So. I save him, so he called me and said, Patty, thank you, because they call me Patty. Patty, thank you, thank you, I love you, I love you, I love you. You save my, my, my company, you know. And then I got popular, my, my eyes, my eyes again. So, you and, could, so with those senses you develop where you could
0: go in and look at a, a quality issue and say, okay, it's not this, it's this, it's this, and it's this percentage, not that percentage, and I save you the account, and argue okay. and make sure that they, yeah.
1: Just like that, used. easy. Like easy, like very easy, and um, and and they they say to me, you guarantee me the work. I guarantee you the work, like so sure. And then I start. They start calling me because you know when they do uh, fruit shows, they need to have the perfect fruit, the perfect color, the perfect taste, everything perfect. So they call me and said, oh, we need, we have a show in some place. I need you to pick up the fruit for us. Okay, I will go. Pick up the fruit for us, mark it down, and everything. Then I got another company making a lot of money because I was doing I was doing reports, and the and salespeople are so busy they don't have the time to sit down and their do reports. So I, I called the sales I, I called the sales manager. I said, listen, um, I, I'm kind of tired doing the same thing, that you guys not not reading. Why we don't do something more fun? And then he said, what? I said, why I mark the pallets. With A, B, C, A, good quality, B, so, so you know, good, you know, A, excellent quality, B, yeah. good quality, and C, regular quality. Yeah. And then we have a D for people that receive any kind of, any kind of yeah. issues. And the guy said, wow, that's a fantastic idea. I said, send me your, when you send me your, your, your orders, put me there, A, B, or C, or D, whatever, so I can read them. And I can tell the guys in the warehouse, how to do the order so we can ship accordingly of the specification of the customer. The guy, he almost flipped out of the chair and he said, wow, Oh my God, this is wonderful. And I start implementing that. And I was getting like so happy because now I I see my, my job, not just filling out paper and filling up questions and they make a lot of money. And they flew me to Los Angeles for a, a PMA. And I never before I feel so like a, like a so important like a, oh she she is she's good blah 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 and I start having a lot of offers for for business. what's the PMA? PMA is the pro, is the produce uh, convention that okay. they do every year, and they met it. We met there with every people around the world, people around the world that that <laughs> work with produce with really export mm-hmm. and import. I'm an, I'm an I'm an import. I'm an importer wholesaler importer from Central and South America. So you met a lot of people. And I never, I said, I get tired working like a quality control. I said, I want to know more about this business. So I'm going to go into the accounting department. I stay in the accounting department for a year. And then I said, I don't want to be here because this is a dead end job for me. I want, I want to be the boss because my temper, because I have a bad temper. So I, so I, I have difficulty for people to tell me what to do. If they don't say, if they don't tell me in the right way, I can get triggered. And if I, somebody don't know more than me, I also feel triggered. I like somebody that knows more than me to tell me what to do, not somebody that don't know what they do to tell me what to do. That's my, that's my problem. So I said, no, I, I'm not working for anybody anymore because I'm making a lot of money, my, you know, to other people. Yeah. I closed my, my own company because I learned that you cannot put all your eggs in one basket and I did have one customer. So okay. when that... Co- or lose the account I lose my account right and I, and I close it I said it doesn't matter so I met my husband in the field and I start for two years you know men how they are they're scary all the time so I start. let's do it let's do it let's open the company let's do open the company and I don't know I don't know I have a safe a safe job and he have like a nine to five I said oh my god nine to five that's not going to take you anywhere and then because I'm an ambitious person and, um, and I respect everybody who wants five to nine. I have nothing wrong with that. But I like, I like I'm a more entrepreneur and we open the company and three, 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 three weeks after we need to move to another location because we grow so fast. Wow. And then we have 12 years with the company and uh-huh. it's very successful. Yeah. So 12 years,
0: your own company, along with, you know, your, 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 it's your, it's your um, venture. How many people do you have now? 22. 22 people.
1: Working for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Amazing. So just stepping back here, I just want the folks cause I'm so engaged on the, on this conversation. We've got people listening here. Here we have Gloria who's gone, who, who's, at beginning of her life really really tough family life right where the scars the, the scars on the heart and on the mind are, are deep and yet she's coming through that and uses that you know there's a that expression glory I don't know if you've heard about it that life happens for us not to us yeah. right so we can either take the response that these are all these horrible things are happening to me why me why me why me, why me? But instead of what Gloria has done here, which is, again, you know, when we speak these words, it's incredible, but she's done it. She's taken the action, the drive, the, the focus, the courage to actually leave that situation, start a new life in the U.S. And not only played it safe, she went, she formed her boundaries and priorities and went for it. Went for, you went for the American dream. Yes, I have the American dream. You have yeah. the American dream. Yes, yes. I do. I you, believe in that. You've earned it. You've earned the American dream, right? Yeah. Through, through hard work and really just every time you felt yourself falling into that abyss, just finding that line in the sand where all of a sudden you're like, boom, you're up again. I'm, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to move forward. Um, this is an incredible, incredible Experience and I think it really shows that by taking action and control over one's life Really we can achieve So much anything Anything
1: anything and it's okay to cry. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to be anxious It's okay. Everything is okay because you need those stuff to feel the difference after it after it you need to be sad to be happy you need to be depressed, to be underpressed. You need to be anxious, to be calm. <sighs> you need you need the opposite of everything for you to 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 see the difference. And if you don't, if you have your life like a rosy rosy life, when something comes through your way, you're gonna be oh. And then the people's going to freak out and people's going to go down and depressed and they don't know what to do because they have, they don't have, they don't know that those things happen in life. It's, it's part, it's part of the
0: experience. And I think also too, when we experience the two sides of of a coin, we know how to flip the coin. Right. That's, that's what I think I heard from you when you talked about when you lost your baby and then you were so depressed and then all of a sudden flip.
1: Like that. Boom. Right? Flip. Yes. I was inside of my mind, I was inside in my mind like uh, the powerful women like that you know you know guy, you better know what you're saying because i'm gonna leave you because Absolutely. you are telling me something like uh you know what you're not you're not being uh careful of my 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 emotions right now, so yeah. you know what you're not worth it
0: well he, he's not he doesn't he doesn't deserve you
1: he's it, not exactly right it, exactly
0: you think that um so you mentioned that. You know, you have to know both sides of the equation. You have to be able to feel the emotions and release the emotions. And I, I hear you on this because I think that too often we are trying to suppress those things rather than there to have periods in life where we need to mourn and to and we need to cry and we need to scream and we need to fight and we need to rest. All of them. When we let it out. Do you, from your experience, find that you got through those experiences and to that line where you could then move move back into your active mode of life? Um, do you find that? Like when you were three months deep, grieving the loss of your baby girl, because you went deep, was the time shorter, do you think, than if somebody kind of buried it and pretended like they weren't, they, you know, they didn't experience the grief like you did. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I, you know, my the the way I lost my baby was very traumatic because I I in that moment I didn't have the, the resources and money to go to a private doctor, so I have to, uh, you know, I have to be in public uh, hospitals, and I remember that they leave me my baby dead inside of me for seven days because they don't want to do anything. They just they just they just did the procedure. Send me to a room to see if I can deliver a baby. And I told the nurse, how do you think I'm going to deliver a baby when the baby is dead? And the lady said, oh, no, no, you have to go home. And they sent me home for seven days and I had my baby dead inside of me. Oh, my and, God. And Karen, if I remember seeing myself in that moment, I look in the mirror, I look like a 80 years old yeah so consumed on sadness, like deep, deep sadness, and my mom was with me, my mom was cannot even know what to do with me i called- seven days, I called the doctor, I insulted him on the phone, like mad, I said, You have to take me, my baby out because now it's not me, it's not the baby, it's my life, and I'm going now. Mm-hmm. I went in there. And I remember everybody was waiting when they saw my name and that I registered. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah! Come in, come in, come in. It was like, uh, this lady need to be in. And of course, after that, it was traumatic. His his family was an ass towards that moment with me. And he was an ass too. So everything showed me that he was not, like you said, not worth it. Mm -hmm. And... Yes, when you dig down and go into the deep, where else are you going to go? You, you already touched the bottom. The only thing you need to do is going up. And if you, you decide to go up quick or you decide to go slowly and be a victim and, and, and suffer and carry in a heavy shed in your shoulders forever. And we don't leave 100 years to say, I know I'm going to pass 50 years of my life being like this because I have another 50. Mm-hmm. I, I I I wish we, we had that that luxury to be like that. We we don't we, we don't know how many years are left. Every day is a blessing. It really is. It
0: really is. So Gloria, tell me tell me about your podcast. Tell oh, me about God. your tell me about you know because you you said that for so long. You know what what's your what's your calling? What's your mission? And I know that your podcast is your your. Tell tell me.
1: Well, my, my podcast is my mission, and it's like I get goosebumps because I know, <laughs> I know it's talking about something very delicate and taboo, and people don't want to talk about depression and anxiety, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a subject that I'm so thrilled and love it to hear because when you talk it, you heal. And when mm-hmm. you listen to somebody and compare the, the, the problems that you have with older person, some people will say, Oh my God, wow. You know, I'm going to change this because of this woman or, "Oh yeah, this is the way, or, you know, I don't care how, how I don't care that w- I know I'm going to impact people. I know I'm going to touch hearts and change people. And that is my mission. And, and lately I feel like, uh, I'm talking stuff or writing down stuff that I never had that. I all oh, this kind of illumination, like, uh, God is feeling it's like God is already there saying, You already know what you need to do. (laughs) Everything in your life has been for this moment,
0: right? Do you feel that? Yes. The ups, the downs, the twists, the turns, the tears, the joy, all of that has built you for this moment.
1: Yeah. And I know there's coming a lot of stuff. And I yeah, feel but I feel but you're ready for it. Like, like, like come on. <laughs> and I can't feel it. I said, oh, my God, you think I'm going to be able to sustain all this thing that's coming in? And, 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 and then, like, a, yes, I, I, already, I already know where it's going. But I'm, I have to be humble, too. Humble and, and, and conscious of what I'm doing. Work hard. and and just leave God to guide me and do what He put me the people I I need to talk to and not be anxious for nothing because this is the passion the mission so when you have a mission a passion it should not be anxious it should be nothing It should be joy Gloria God has you covered
0: (laughs) I have no doubt I have no doubt but but tell people who are listening what is this about? Like, go, go deeper. Because by now, they're like, oh my God, tell
1: me what this is about. Okay, my, 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 my podcast, the name is Unbreakable Life with Glory. It means nobody's going to break my life anymore and nobody's going to break my life. <laughs> and this is about only for people that want to come talk and heal. No judgment in there because I would not tolerate any judgment of anything. I just want people to feel free and feel in peace to talk about it. And for me to listen and maybe giving an advice and on or, or or just listen because or just
0: listen yeah
1: right because people we just like to talk 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 but we not we not used to, to listen so God give me two ears and the bionic ears to listen more. <laughs> In one mouth to to talk less. <laughs>
0: so listen twice, talk once, or like exactly. double double listening. <laughs> right, right, right. Unless unless it's some guy who needs to be told off, in which case, let it go.
1: <laughs> oh, oh oh yeah. And trust yeah. me, I have no problem.
0: <laughs> so so you're inviting people on who have gone through tough times, and they want to simply share share what they've yes. been through, and provide. Um, a place where they can release that from their heart, right? It's you, you mentioned earlier that when we talk about something, we put a light on it. When we put a light on it, we can we can hold it, and and it's 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 out there, and it can be healing. It can be so healing to simply verbalize. And I think so many people um,
1: carry in their lives secrets, right? They, because they, they are afraid to be judged. Yeah, absolutely. They are afraid to say, are you so stupid? Uh, why are you crying for that? That's nothing. And you know what? When you, when you understand people, you have to be humble. And you have to understand that their experience will never be compared with yours. And we never understand when you went through. So you have to be more vulnerable and, and be gentle with people just to listen. And tell them it's okay, but I, I think you need to be you do need I think you need to do this, but not imposing and criticizing or judging anything because yeah. people have different paths.
0: Absolutely. You know, everybody has a unique experience, and everybody is uniquely and differently made. So you can have the same experience on two different people, experienced very differently, and that's their reality. That's their perception. And that is their reality. How they feel is how they feel. Um, And I think by being able to put it out there and to have a forum to talk about this is going to be incredibly a, a, a huge blessing on this world. I really believe it. I think everybody has secrets And when we hold our secrets, it's because of fear of that judgment. Whereas if we can all be, release ourselves into this world, can you imagine the beauty? It would be,
1: it it would be, it would be solving a lot of stuff. It will be people coming together. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Right. Let me, let me give you a little spirit, like little, little uh, thought, when they kidnapped me, they kidnapped me another friend of mine at the same time. We both was kidnapped at the same time. Different people. He, he's a male and a, I'm a female. This guy, when he get out, he get out saying, I hate those motherfuckers. Excuse my language. I hate those people. I, they're nasty. I'm going to go and find for them and I'm going to kill them. My perspective is no. I'm, I'm here. I'm thank you. I'm here. They 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 did what they did, but I'm alive. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't even think about oh angry because of them. No, I bless them. Thank you for teaching me to amplify my 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 sense.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know. And 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 that's that's his response because you know with every
0: event that happens in our lives, we can choose our reaction to it but how we choose actually impacts that longer term outcome of how this is going to carry us and how it's either going to move us in a good direction or move us in a bad direction. But you've said throughout this podcast choice, I choose to bless them. I chose to leave. I, I chose to say, get out of my life. Right.
1: And oh, yeah.
0: people realize that you have autonomy, right? We, we can set those boundaries and, Similarly, when people fall into a depression or have or are going through a hard time, it's okay to be there and and let it come out. It's like I, I think of, for example, mourning as a, something that maybe other people can relate to. You can't push that aside. Sometimes you just gotta mourn. That's part of the human experience. Sometimes we get depressed, right? Some you people, have to yeah and in some people they have mental illnesses like bipolar and schizophrenia and that is that is their world right and some of these people that i that i know who are, who are bipolar are unbelievably creative unbelievably bright unbelievably productive but then they have periods where they disappear right well, can't we honor
1: them and hold them, and 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 be there for them, not judging? I would say we are. We have super. We have uh, superpowers, and in the, the superpower, okay, we get like that. But we are very intelligent. See, all this uh, Leonardo da Vinci, and you know, he he, he had his own problems too. Mm-hmm. And the way he was doing it was painting and painting and painting and painting and painting and painting. And painting. And he probably had very bad temper. I don't know. I don't read too much about him. But, <laughs> but you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. like uh, we are superhumans, but we have this it the emotions. Right, the emotions are more. The emotions are more. We are more aware than other ones. Yes.
0: So. Yeah, and and often I think society just kind of goes.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. so that we can't be, can't be everything that we're called to be. Um, Gloria, this is, this is amazing. I, I, I've got a couple of things that I said to myself, I'm not going to leave this interview without asking you because I, um, you mentioned that you're a Reiki master and when you talked about just your intuitive sense and your abilities, I thought, Oh my gosh. I got to learn a little bit more about, about that. So tell us about being a Reiki master, if you would.
1: Okay, I discovered to being a Reiki master when I finished studying that I, there's kind of different Reiki masters. And some, they like to give energy and some, they take energy from us. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of those. That people can take energy from me and I can get tired. So I, I explained to my teacher why, why you know I get so tired when I try to help people. And, he, and she said, because there's kind of different kind of masters and you have to be, be careful who you give the energy. Wow. And, and then I know, because this is caring, this happens to me a lot. I go to places and one or two people don't like me. Don't, they like hate me. And it's like, a, I, I said, my light, my light is so powerful that it, they shine so much. They cannot hold the light. So that's why, they, that's why they get like that. Hmm. And this happens all the time. If I go to a huge group, there's one or two people don't like me. But I'm, I'm okay. I send you blessings. You don't like me, I send you blessings.
0: Not everybody's going to like everybody. That's, exactly. That's okay. You know, we are so different. There's so many different people in this world. There's plenty of people for everyone to find people
1: that they love, right? Yeah. And then just, you know, respect all the others. Envious, a lot of envy. Envidi- There's a lot of envious. There's a lot of what? Sorry. Enb envy, envious. You know, I don't have to know how to pronounce this word. Envious. Oh, and envious people. Envious, envious people. Right, right, right. Envious. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean,
0: I think it's in part because of this comparison culture that we're we're so entrenched in. So, you as a Reiki master, um, people are able to pick up energy from you.
1: Yeah. So I decide not to. To work with that, I just do that in myself. Hmm. And so I don't, I like I'm a massage therapy, and I don't touch everybody, mm-hmm. and I don't practice in that. I just touch people, and when I touch people, they say "Wow, you such you have such a hands, so you, you know, I feel released and then, and I, I and I feel very tired, like oh my god, like I want to go to sleep, and it's because it's draining my energy that I have, and I mm-hmm. decide to say no. I'm just going to save this energy for, for my, for more stuff that I want to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, that's very interesting. A friend of mine, um, also has a very special, um, energy about her and she's able to help people, but she has to be very careful with it. And, um, and I think it's, it's a real gift. It's Mm -hmm. a real gift for, for me. I, I actually had a Reiki massage once and I've also, that person told me that my energy is very loose. It's very easy for people to take my energy in a bad way. And I have to, I should be careful. But what was interesting is that Reiki massage is like no other massage I ever had. Um, <laughs> like it was, and I've never had a Reiki massage like that ever again. I've been a few times here and there, never like this one. On this massage, it was like she was almost on the table with me and dancing she was just moving my body in different ways. I can't even describe it, but it was it was like a dance and I just let her take me I felt very comfortable in her in her um, with her and then when it was all done and I sort of recomposed myself, she said, "How do you feel and I'll never forget this because I just it just I said, I feel as though all my energy has been put right. And I didn't really know what Reiki was. I just saw a description and I went. But it felt like all my organs, all my energy had just been sort of rebalanced. And it just uh, came out of my mouth like that. Without any
1: thinking. I did have a Reiki massage three months ago in Colorado for a a, a master. Like I wanted to be with him. And he said to me when he finished, he said, wow. I, need, I never had a, a person like you. I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Your hand, right hand it have a lot of light. When when I was doing your with your your session, you have a lot of power in your right hand." And I said, "Well, it could be because every because I work with a lot of gardening, and everything I just cut, they they just come alive. And I cut hair, and it grows. And and." And I said, probably is that. He said, well, you have something in your right hand. Take care of that.
0: So now with that right hand, you're reaching out into this world for your podcast. And so who are you looking to have on your show? Who should be listening to your podcast? Who are you looking to bring on as guests? Tell us a little more. I really want to make sure we end on, on that so that we can shine a light there.
1: I, I you know, my, my guests are going to be all kind of people, all kind of people. I have next next week. I'm gonna have a golf teacher. He's a professional, and when I asked him that he if he wants to talk about depression and anxiety, he said yes. And I just read his uh, his, uh, his resume, and I said, "Wow, this guy's gonna to come to my show. I'm so happy." And he worked with a lot of stars, so I like that. Like, wow. And also, I want also regular people because there's a lot of people out there that don't have money to go to therapists. Mm-hmm. But listen to other people, they can probably change their lives. So and my, my show is going to be for everybody who wants to come mm-hmm. and talk to me and share their stories. So we can help other people that have probably those similar stories, similar traumas, and they can fix their problems. Just listen through that. So that's exactly my mission. It's not a particular people. It's just whatever God is going to put me here, that's the one that's going to be interviewed.
0: So amazing. Gloria, this, I'm, I'm, I can't believe the time. I think we've been talking forever at this point, (laughs) but it's just flown by. And, you know, to the, to those on, on this show, um, I, I, I have no doubt that you've heard so many of the threads that we pull through this show. We've heard about Gloria's relationship with herself, Gloria's relationship with God, Gloria's relationship with some very people who've done some really bad things. Yep. Gloria's relationship with family that have scarred her. Gloria's relationship with her daughter who inspired her. Gloria's relationship with all those people in the produce industry where she could see not only the produce, but also the people. And she saw who were grapes and who were oranges and who were ripe and who were sour. Yeah. <laughs> Navigating that whole experience. And setting those boundaries, saying, okay, my relationship with you, you are outside this boundary, right? And she's woven this fabric of people in her life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And through that, she has, she has found beauty. She has found strength. She has found courage. She's found resilience. And she is forming the life that is glory, right? This is, this is Gloria. And now she's reaching out to all you people in the virtual world and in the real world to come join and to share about your own experiences with mental health, what that relationship has been, the relationship we have with the trials and tribulations in our lives and how we can just get together and share because by sharing you shine that light. And I honestly believe that everybody has superpowers. And by learning from someone like Gloria, I think we all can realize that we're all beautiful and unbreakable.
1: Yes. You just say everything what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: obviously not because you have a podcast. And so I know you have so much more to add. And I really encourage all our folks to, to look out for you. Gloria,
1: where can people find you? They can be, uh, find me on iTunes, Spotify. And the name of the podcast is Unbreakable Life with Glory. <laughs> unbreakable life with glory beautiful yes. so
0: folks we're going to put some um notes in the in the show notes some links in the show notes so that you are going to make make it very easy for you to find glory in life and become unbreakable and uh, also notes on this podcast uh, we're so look forward to comments um also suggestions for this show that can help us all weave those relationships in our lives in order to Um, really discover where they can take us and how they can shape who we become so gloria thank you again so much for being on the show and i look forward to just listening to your show and journeying with you in all that you do i just really want to honor you for being being you and being all that you are and thank you karen with the world
1: thank you karen for inviting me to your show I'm very honored to be here and to share my story to help others that is, they're going to listen to your show.
0: Okay, God bless.
1: Thank you. God bless you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.